Chapter Five, The Master Woodsman. Years passed swiftly in Bursey, for the nymphs had no need to regard time in any way. Even centuries make no change in the dainty creatures; ever and ever they remain the same, immortal and unchanging. Claus, however, being mortal, grew to manhood day by day. Nasile was disturbed presently to find him too big to lie in her lap, and he had a desire for other food than milk. His stout legs carried him far into Bursey's heart, where he gathered supplies of nuts and berries, as well as several sweet and wholesome roots, which suited his stomach better than the bell udders. He sought Nasile's bower less frequently. Till finally it became his custom to return thither only to sleep. The nymph who had come to love him dearly was puzzled to comprehend the changed nature of her charge, and unconsciously altered her own mode of life to conform to his whims. She followed him readily through the forest paths, as did many of her sister nymphs, explaining as they walked all the mysteries of the gigantic wood and the habits and nature of the living things which dwelt beneath its shade. The language of the beasts became clear to Little Claus, but he never could understand their sulky and morose tempers. Only the squirrels, the mice, and the rabbits seemed to possess cheerful and merry natures. Yet would the boy laugh when the panther growled, and stroke the bear's glossy coat while the creature snarled and bared its teeth menacingly? The growls and snarls were not for Claus; he well knew. So what did they matter? He could sing the songs of the bees, recite the poetry of the wood flowers, and relate the history of every blinking owl in Bursey. He helped the rills to feed their plants and the nooks to keep order among the animals. The little immortals regarded him as a privileged person, being especially protected by Queen Zerline and her nymphs, and favored by the great Ak himself. One day. The master woodsman came back to the forest of Bursey. He had visited in turn all his forests throughout the world, and they were many and broad. Not until he entered the glade where the queen and her nymphs were assembled to greet him did Ak remember the child he had permitted Nasile to adopt. Then he found, sitting familiarly in the circle of lovely immortals, a broad-shouldered stalwart youth, who, when erect, Stood fully as high as the shoulder of the master himself. Ak paused, silent and frowning, to bend his piercing gaze upon Claus. The clear eyes met his own steadfastly, and the woodsman gave a sigh of relief as he marked their placid depths and read the youth's brave and innocent heart. Nevertheless, as Ak sat beside the fair queen. And the golden chalice filled with rare nectar passed from lip to lip. The master woodsman was strangely silent and reserved, and stroked his beard many times with a thoughtful motion. With morning he called Claus aside, in kindly fashion, saying, "Bid good-bye for a time to Nasile and her sisters, for you shall accompany me on my journey through the world." The venture pleased Claus, who knew well the honor of being companion of the master woodsman of the world. But Nasile wept for the first time in her life and clung to the boy's neck as if she could not bear to let him go. The nymph who had mothered this sturdy youth 
was still as dainty, as charming and beautiful as when she had dared to face Ack with the babe clasped to her breast. Nor was her love less great. Ack beheld the two clinging together, seemingly as brother and sister to one another, and again he wore his thoughtful look.